everyone, and welcome to the 31st episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. <clears throat> My name is SBJ, and with me today, I have Alan. Hey, you're getting a different Alan today. This is after working out, Alan. Oh, man. S- sleepy Alan? No, not sleepy. I just came back from CrossFit, and I feel like my money might be better spent just hiring someone to kick my ass. <laughs> How long have you been CrossFitting? Well, I did it for about a month, and then they had this CrossFit challenge. They called it, what was it, 16 point? I don't know. I'm still new. I don't know all the lingo, guys, so I'm not a great representative. But it was a competition that they had every week. That was all over the country. And one of the competitions was you had to do 55 deadlifts at 210 pounds. And I have a bad back and it herniated my disc. So I was out for a good month plus there and I'm just rehabbing it. So I'm just getting back to doing some hard stuff. But thanks for asking. No problem. And we also have uh, bad back Sean joining us as well. I'm not bad back, Sean. I'm sad sack, Sean. Uh, Yeah, I'm here. Last night, actually, kind of one of the reasons I couldn't record last night is I went to a concert of uh, Carmina Burana, which if you haven't heard it before, it's in the movie Excalibur, that Oh, Fortuna, uh, which is in car commercials and stuff. And I saw that with uh, Brian Pope, creator of Mage Wars, and his son, Ben, um, who I used to work for, and my cousin Ryan, who I worked with over at Mage Wars. We all... Went with our significant others for a night of um, semi-culture at the symphony. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Well, we are here to talk about board games, card games, role-playing games, and anything you can play on or underneath your table. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we've been hard at work on that stuff, too. It's been ridiculous since we announced the World Championship Russian Roulette Kickstarter date of May 24th. Am I right, Sean? Yeah, it's been interesting because this is, I would say, the first time as a company that we've really worked with so many people outside of what I would call our inner circle. Um, because on two rooms at a moment, it was me and you, and then a handful of uh, very close friends and playtesters. Um, but largely, those people were helping in uh, sort of feedback capacity, uh, playtesting, prototyping, uh, proofreading, that kind of thing. But this time, we've really, we're a lot, I don't want to say we're hands off, but we've hired an artist. Um, we've hired a graphic designer, we've hired a video crew, we've hired a website designer, we've hired out for so many different things. And I would say it's a, it's still a lot of work, but it's a lot of different kind of work than it was when we were doing everything ourselves. Yeah. In fact, one of the interesting... <laughs> <laughs> I was like drinking during that time. <laughs> Well, one of the interesting things is we've been working with the Board With Life crew on our Kickstarter video. And uh, that's been, as we talked about, a really fun experience in production when we were shooting. But now we're in post-production and we're at the part that, you know, um, I don't want to say it's the hardest part, but we're now in the notes phase. Right. They give us a version. They say, what do you think? And we give some notes and then they send us another version. And it's always weird because... I really respect their art and their professionalism of what they do. Like Donald wrote the script. Amazing. The videography is amazing. I love the color shots and the editing. It's so great. So then it gets down to the nitty gritty details of, hey, do you like this music or not this music? And realistically, that wasn't really asked. It was just like, what do you think? And we had to give the notes of, hey, 
could you put the music two seconds later? Because it kind of cuts into the dramatic juxtaposition of the fantasy actual Russian roulette compared to the reality of just the card game. So it's 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 interesting because you want to send those notes and you want to convey your feelings. But at the same time, you want to be as diplomatic as possible and let them know, like, hey, we love this and we're just tightening up things and we're totally willing to hear opinions and whatnot. And they've been great sharing opinions and recommendations, et cetera. Wouldn't you say, Sean? Yeah, I mean, they're they're experts, right? Like these guys do this for a living. Um, and so you always want to, like, trust your experts for sure. Um, but I think the biggest thing is the hardest part about any sort of creative project is you go from nothing existing to something existing. And when you have nothing, all of you sort of have to cast a vision out there and describe what the something will look like when it's done. And sometimes that's hard because we don't have a very clear idea of what that's going to be or we don't even know what it's going to be. But now once you have something, everybody can kind of realign their expectations when there is nothing to what the something actually is. And sometimes you're really far apart and sometimes you're really close together. I think we're really close together. I think, I think it so turned too. out yeah, just, just wonderfully. And now yeah, the, we're, like you said, the nitty gritty. The good news is even if they released what they had without any of our notes, it's still phenomenal. Uh, and way writers. better than we had last time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's so relaxing in a way. And I guess the only exhausting aspect of that is that's the video. But then we also have the graphic design going on with Adam MacGyver. And Adam MacGyver is incredibly talented. And he's sending us, hey, what do you like? Option one or option two for the action cards of World Championship Russian Roulette. It's like, oh, man, option two is so beautiful. But it's not as functional as option one. Can we get away with option two? So Sean and I just had this phone conversation right before we started recording this podcast about do we go with option two? Do we go with option one? It's so it's it's not just one of these things. It's all these things. And the website, we hired some really sexy dude that's distracting to work on our website. But so, he couldn't do it, so we got SBJ instead. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but our idea is to have the World Championship Russian Roulette website up uh, relatively soon so it has a countdown timer because we all know one of the quintessential rules of a Kickstarter is the pre-marketing is what you want. You want as much pledges as early on as possible. So if you're listening to this, hey, uh, please check it out May 14th, Tuesday. May 24th, Tuesday. (laughs) What did I say? May 14th. Did I say the 14th? Damn, I like working out. I like my brain after working out. I'm that relaxed. That's awesome. May yeah, 24th. You are like I am after a fat J, <laughs> but but way healthier. Yeah, it's all the endorphins in my system, and it's great. I, I've said on several occasions on this podcast, I really should work out before we start doing this podcast, so I'm not as much of a rambling ass. I don't know how much you guys want to answer. I just have a couple questions off the top of my head. Please, uh, please. What? How long is the video? Minute, two minutes? Like minute 48, something like that? Okay. One minute, 48 seconds, and 30, whatever those less than second things are called. <laughs> milliseconds? Frames or milliseconds? Yeah, it's something like that. We had a we had a pretty strict under two minutes rule, um, and Alan can sort of talk more about why that is. A uh, minute 46 is what it, what it turned out to be. I think that's I think that's good overall. I think the obvious reason why is because people have very short attention spans. Well, we should get your opinion on this, SBJ, because we're doing a, something pretty different in this video. In this video, we don't show 
any gameplay whatsoever. We don't show any components to the game whatsoever. It is a trailer for the game. And the thinking is, well, what would, before I even tell you what the thinking is, I should just ask you, what do you think of that? Is that yeah, what ballsy? Do you, what is do you look mistake? for in a Kickstarter video? Yeah. I've, I've gotten to the point, and again, Alan, Alan has always beaten me in the amount of Kickstarters he's backed. I think I'm up to 150 or, or so. I almost made the list of top 10. Kickstarter just celebrated their top 10 Kickstarters. They called them the Kickstarter Elite, uh, and I almost made the list. Not, almost made you were the close. List. I was close. I was 80 away. 80 away. Had I known, I could have just been... <laughs> $81 on backing a whole bunch of projects at $1. <laughs> but anyways, go on, SBJ. I've gotten to the point where I don't even really watch the Kickstarter video anymore. I've backed 101 projects, by the way. I just looked it up. To me, and maybe I'm in the minority or you know, people don't want to agree with me or they do or whatever. doesn't matter. Uh, I don't really watch the video because at that point, I either know if I want it or I, or I don't. So when like Monikers released their expansion, I didn't watch the video. I didn't read the page. I just knew that I wanted it. And the same with... <laughs> their video was so good, too. <laughs> <laughs> and the same with, uh, I think Evolution had an expansion as well, except it was a standalone game. That's like the new thing. I feel like Dead of Winter is also doing that, where they're releasing a standalone game that is also kind of an expansion. Anyways, Evolution... Again, did a Kickstarter. I didn't watch the video. I didn't. I did read a little bit of the page because I was confused about. The only reason I read more than I needed to is because I was just confused about the rewards. But yeah, I'm just like looking through what I've backed and like the last, like I backed these shoelaces and they were 15 bucks and I was like, well, I backed the first time they did shoelaces and I loved it. So I mean, for 15 bucks, sure, I trust that they'll do the same thing even better this time. You're not alone. I've heard that from numerous people that they don't even watch the videos. The reason being is usually when you watch the video, you're looking for something very specific. How do you play the game? And you have to wait for it where you could just read it a lot quicker than you can view it. And the people that say that are usually the heavier gamers. These are the Michelles and the Caitlins that say, yeah, I don't even watch the videos. I just scroll down to find out the answers I need. Yeah. For me, um, the last project I backed, I've only backed 21 projects, was an RPG that funded for $43,000, which is pretty huge for a basically a do-it-yourself D&D supplement. He had no video at all, just an image from the game, no text, and then just below that, a load of text that was like, hey, you know me, you know how I do things, here's the pitch for the game, and it funded by it, it overfunded by a ton. And there's a huge part of me that thinks that videos need to be entertaining, but ne not necessarily informative, because... Most people are backing when they're at work. And I think watching videos at work is a little bit more troublesome than scanning a web page. You know, if you're reading a wall of text, anybody walks in, it's like, oh, they're just doing some research or whatever. But if you're sitting back chuckling, watching a video, trying to understand the mechanics of the game, you're definitely more of a suspect in the workplace environment. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, like, I will, the one time where I almost always watch a video is when it's, it's something that is over like the $100 price limit or not price limit, but just the $100 price point. And it's usually something technology based. Like I remember, I remember the Pebble Kickstarter video really well. And obviously that Kickstarter did extremely well and they actually delivered on the product. And, and I remember just earlier this week, I watched a Kickstarter video of like this new 
thinner air conditioner that was two ninety nine and that works with your smartphone and all this stuff. And I was just like, okay, yep, the, it does exactly what I thought it was going to do before I watched the video. I knew they were going to say that it connects to your smartphone and then it learns when you leave the room because it's an air conditioner. That makes sense. And uh, it's really flashy. It's really pretty. It's very modern. And I just read all that and like I already had my expectations. It's it's hard. I won't say hard, but like a Kickstarter video is what is it like? How does it impress you or does it actually really sell you on that? So you're saying that you have more to lose from watching a Kickstarter video than you have to gain, that you could be a potential buyer, watch a Kickstarter video and get bored and tune out rather than. Uh, an uninterested buyer who watches the video and all of a sudden is amazed and convinced. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think I would have backed the air conditioner regardless because I don't want to back a $300 air conditioner and wait a year, which really means I'm going to wait like two to three years because let's be honest, what <laughs> Kickstarter project has ever arrived on time? Not ours. <laughs> <laughs> Looking to correct in the future. 2016 yeah. is going to be our year. Yeah, we're going to be on top of this thing. I'm going to be... The other guy, though, because I watch almost all of the Kickstarter videos, but I do stop. So the thing is, I'll start the video, and if it's not going in a direction that I want it to go, stop, board, scroll down. Because I really like the individuality of the projects. I really like it when it's one person or a group of friends that are trying to accomplish something, and I like hearing their story and knowing who I'm backing. Because there's some people that I'll always back their projects, not because of their project, but because of who they are. And I've met them perhaps, and I think they're out there for the right reasons and using Kickstarter the way it's meant to be used. So I watch the videos, but oftentimes like, oh, this video is crap. Scroll down, scroll down. Oh, there's the components. Okay, that's how you ought to play. Okay, all right. So I'm a bit in the other demographic, uh, but... I think it's still the same thing where the video does show Sean and myself and Anthony Birch since it's his game in a comedic way. And it's just there for fun. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We're having a good time. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a pep rally for the game. It's saying like, yeah, come on, get in here. We're having a good time. You should learn more about it. <laughs> um, you know, kind of like those guys on the strip at Vegas who are flicking those cards with naked ladies at you. They said, hey, the naked ladies here. If that's what you're into, I'm not going to explain it all away, but I'd like to intrigue you. Right. And they, the reason they slap those cards in their hands is because research shows people instinctively grab it if you slap it in your hand first. So they go slap and then slap again. But the second slap, they slap through as they hand it to you. Slap, slap. And you grab it like, what is this? It's a picture of a naked lady. And a phone number. Videos, I feel, still matter and still hold up. But I don't think... it. I think I, I've been soured on watching so many videos over the last however long I've been backing things on Kickstarter of, like, two people sitting in front of a camera explaining their story. And it's just like, maybe Alan likes that, but, like, I don't care for that anymore. Yeah, I know I'm not the Johnny Every Guy, for sure. I'm not... So that we're just trying to go for what's right for most people what will get people to look at our campaign what will get people to just give us your damn money give it to us and the the board the board game community and kickstarter are pretty closely knit and i say that because i don't think a lot of board games would ever actually come out if it wasn't for kickstarter 
And I can look at when I did my podcast, when I put my podcast, it's super effective on Kickstarter. I didn't put it there to go, hopefully I'll get a whole bunch of new listeners because it might be high on the Kickstarter page. And that didn't happen. But because I already established a community for four years and then I did a Kickstarter, like the funding just came in. And I think you guys are in a good position because one, you already have that community that backed two rooms in a boom know who you are from trade shows but then you also have the benefit of the board gaming community loves kickstarters so you you will probably actually get a lot of new people who might have never actually heard of you guys except i feel like two rooms in a boom is pretty popular with at least like thanks man people who uh, i like, feel like you're pretty just popular. a video of sean and i masturbating <laughs> I mean, before I even, like, talk to you guys seriously, I I would always see Two Rooms and a Boom get mentioned for, like, hey, I'm having a party with, like, 20 people, what should I play? And it's always, like, Werewolf, or you should play Two Rooms and a Boom, it's better than Werewolf. At its Ooh. player count, we're I mean, incredibly competitive, I would say. I don't think there's a better 30... I'm not saying it's better. <laughs> I think it's different. There's a world for both of them, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a world for both Absolutely. of them. I we're would, not here to talk about that. We were just talking about <laughs> how we're busy and the video because we're also getting ready for Origins, obviously, and the Kickstarter campaign will be ending right after Origins, and we're giving out a free game at Origins. It's the game that Sean designed, Duel. Hey, right, Hey. Yeah, this will be fun. This will be a nice little uh, little baby taking its first steps. I'm really excited to see how it goes at Origins. It's a fun little micro game that I think we're planning on kickstarting um, relatively soon. Uh, and this is kind of our way to get it out there in exchange for you playing some World Championship Russian Roulette. Because literally the only thing I think standing between people buying World Championship Russian Roulette and not buying Russian Roulette is having played it. Because we believe play the it's game, that good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Agreed. 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 <laughs> ah, it's exciting stuff. We're also working on getting a newsletter out to everyone, letting them know about Origins and the upcoming Russian Roulette. And uh, oh, yeah, and we're getting the developer kit ready for our app. So lots of stuff going on. Pretty busy. But yeah, and if you, you haven't so signed up for our newsletter, be sure to do that at our website, TuesdayNightGames.com, because you always get a free game in the newsletter it's print and play sometimes it's social or campfirey um, or a party game but there's always some free goodies in there uh and we don't spam i don't think we've sent out a newsletter since two rooms in a boom and this is really sound like a an infomercial that's right sean we never spam the last time we sent out a newsletter why that was two years ago and we've only sent out three but every time we do you better believe that we're sending you a free game we want to reward people for opening up that newsletter that's right sean but wait there's more if you sign up right now that would be pretty insane because we're recording this on a friday and it's not going to go up until next wednesday or so ain't that right sbj uh for the record Burn. it went up at 10 p.m on central time on tuesday <laughs> yeah there was one episode that came up like late morning early afternoon it was impressive man hey i'm not hey you're doing the editing i'm just grateful these things make it to people's ears that's amazing i just think people tune out if we don't start making fun of each other every now and then that's true that's true like two you suck sean not that good of a game <laughs> thank you <laughs> Yeah. Oh, here's one thing that's funny. And Captain Chessbeard's getting really angry because we're already like 20 minutes in. and This is just supposed to be the intro. But uh, my wife actually asked me 
is SBJ going to be at Origins? Like, he's going, right? And she wasn't the only one. I've had some people come up and say, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing Sean and SBJ at Origins in the conventions. People are assuming that you're one of us, SBJ. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want that to happen. Then I can't, like... <laughs> And I can't voice that. I have no horse in your guys' race. <laughs> right. You're getting our smegma all over you, man. It's interesting, yeah. You will be one of the more visible people as a part of this company just based on the podcast alone. I'm it's pretty fascinating. You're always welcome to come. Like I, I already told SBJ, if he ever shows up to one of these things, we will. I'll totally go down onto the floor. You can take my spot spooning Sean. You can spoon Sean all night long. Yeah, I would say you're we'll welcome to any show you want to you want to come to yeah of course man uh yeah i don't uh, i i was telling alan earlier i don't know if i will be at origins or not i will know closer to the date if uh if that'll happen but we are running a panel at gen con right yeah oh i should really actually add notes to these google docs yeah we are running a panel on gen con and i don't have <laughs> i think it's saturday at 6 p.m if i'm not mistaken but I don't. Well, think... we'll have to tune in next episode to find out for sure. Am yeah, I right? I don't think. <laughs> right. <laughs> they they haven't given us a room number or anything, so it's not like even if I knew the exact time and date, you still wouldn't be able to find it because it's Gen Con. Nothing's actually finalized until like the night before. Are we gonna do some sort of marketing promotion giveaway thing at that at that event? You know what we could do, Sean. I'm just thinking of this right now, sincerely. Because that event should happen after the World Championship Russian Roulette competition finale. So, like, the final competition should be over by the time we're doing it, or it's going on as we're doing it. So we can take our prototype copies, and we can give some of them away since the newer version will be in production by then. So the cool thing is we won't need these prototypes anymore. Or will we? Ha yeah, because we won't have the full version by Gen Con. Am I right, Sean? It's uh, it's unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. So we can totally give some. We give stuff away all the time. Let's be honest. Like I, you're the guy who tries to reel me in, Sean, because I'm like some kind of Johnny Appleseed spreading his seed <laughs> all over the place. But instead of seeds, it's free games galore, just in hopes that people will like us enough that they'll buy our things. This so, might yeah. be our third origins in a row without any product. <laughs> <laughs> where we just like buy a booth and they give away print and play games for it free. is we thought we'd have product at origins we're like hey first origins with product oh wait we sold out of two rooms and a boom a lot faster than we thought this is the most so, expensive hobby in the world yeah yeah uh sean and i still have not gotten a paycheck for anything <laughs> anything total truth Whew. Man, we don't have time for a topic of the episode anymore, guys. I feel like that was the topic of the episode. I think so, too. What should we label the topic of the episode? Uh, should I'll, it be... I'll, I'll fit the music in there somewhere. Excuse me, Sam. Do you have the time? But of course, it be topic time. Okay, mm. cool. Wow, you're so good at what you do, SBJ. I love you so much. Uh, but you're bad at things you don't do, so it evens out. That's all right. Fair. Uh, table talk is a thing. And Let's do it. Yeah. So what did you play, SVJ? Uh, Speaking of table talk. I love list. looking at our Google Doc and just seeing the games that I've played, the games that Sean's played, and then just SBJ, 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 where he's supposed to write over the to things be, that he's played. To be fair, Sean's is usually the same two games. It is oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, I played Dungeons and Dragons again. I Pokemon. My the Pokemon version. I did my eighth session. We're planned out for twelve sessions, and just like a TV show, I feel like Greg, our dungeon master, has written in this like the end problem at the end of the eighth episode that was sprung upon us, and so now it's kind of like we're going to go into episode nine with now this problem we've just discovered, and we have. 9, 10, 11, four episodes left. Math. So are you saying you're approaching the climax of the plot? I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there will be... I, I wouldn't say, like, this is the definite climax, and now we're going to end, and it's going to take us four ep- episodes to resolve it, because I think there's a, still a little bit more, but, like, this is the start of, like, everything falling apart if we can't accomplish. Could you give us a one-minute sales pitch? Not an elevator pitch. <laughs> For those of us that haven't caught up to the podcast so that they can start joining in now. Like like uh, previously on. Yeah, previously on. Uh, previously on Dungeons and Dragonites, a group of adventurers, four of them, have been in search for uh, an apple. There, The apple has some specific name, but I cannot remember it because my character has an extremely bad memory that reflects both in-game and outside of the game. Uh, we have encountered a bunch of monsters and Pokemon that really, to up to this point, have not been that much of a challenge. We all have uh, twos that seem to match, and we don't know the, the origin of that. But we know that there is a fifth member on our team that we are also in the search for. As we were approaching outside of a castle that we've been in for a various amount of episodes, we have come across... Uh, somebody's ex-lover who up to this point uh, has admitted that what we've discovered in the dungeon was his scientific doings and now we have uh, we have to face him and it's it's we we deal with his we're to this dilemma where he has made everyone on the team so angry that we don't really want to hear his master plan and we just kind of want to kill him but (laughs) where we've searched for the tree he is where we met him in front of the tree where the apple is supposed to be and clearly the apple's not there cool i can't wait to tune in so it's just called two brothers (laughs) (laughs) it's just called it's just just a rick and morty reference it's so good sean it's just (laughs) called two brothers anyone who watches the adventures of rick and morty is such a good uh, uh, tears so you having fun, SBJ? Do you like D and D? I do. Yeah, I uh, I have a lot of respect for Greg and the uh, what he's put together. And uh, I I've said this before. I, I like that I don't have to like perform, and I can just say like this is what my character would do, and that is enjoyable to me. And my character in the game is not very assertive, so a lot of the times I don't talk a lot. I'm more of a listener, but I think that fits in what the character I want to play, and. It makes me excited to play a future D&D game because then it's, now I feel like I, I understand the mechanics and I understand what, what actually happens in D&D. I'm still really sincere. I eventually want us to play some role-playing games together, guys. That would be I, a great few sessions, absolutely. I would be yeah. curious what like um, two or three session D&D game looks like because I feel like now that we're on eight sessions that so much has happened, but at the same time, like, we haven't made that much progress. Let me tell you a little trade secret that you get from Alan Girding as a dungeon master. 
one thing that I've learned is that players seem to love one-shot adventures. One adventure that can be played in about three hours. And so when I do a campaign, all I do is string a whole bunch of one-shot adventures together like beads of pearls. Yeah, a nice pearl necklace of role-playing one-shot adventures with a common theme that links them. So maybe you're going from point A to point B, but by the time you get to point B, whole bunch of one-shots. You're welcome, world. Bam. I know that's nothing too new and original, but... No, that's really good. My GMing style does not work on short sessions because... It's just too open. Players can do whatever they want, and that could mean long things, or it could mean short things, or it could mean like being in the middle of a dungeon, being like, fuck that guy, he's too hard, let's go do something else, and then immediately leaving. Yeah, you are really good at totally open-ended. I try to make the illusion of open-ended, where I can I say you can go anywhere you want to, and when they go, they stumble upon the next one-shot adventure. And it it's pretty transparent for a dungeon master to know what I'm doing. Like, how the hell are you so prepared for this? It's because no matter what you chose, you were going in to murder in. The murder <laughs> in could be anywhere. It could be in the polar ice caps or the su- desert sands. You don't know. So, but you, Sean, you're really like, if they say, fuck this, we're going to go raid this village. You totally roll with it. It's, uh, you, yeah, I tried to, that. it's tough. You know, it's all about GMs have limited amount of time to prepare and so what do you put your energy into preparing like this week i played D as a player um my friend phil had a friend that he worked with who had been wanting to run a one shot for people but his group had dissolved and he wondered if he could run it for us which was difficult because it was letting in an outsider and we hadn't really done that before in a while um and he came in and ran a session it was great um nervous younger guy raised on fourth edition D, which was interesting for me but I, I talked to uh, Don Strat about this, and he said GMs always make the pickiest players because you spend all your time reading and researching and looking at theory, and then when you have to sit at another GM's table, all you're thinking is like, man, I would do it that way. Whereas like players generally are just there to have fun. They really don't care if it's like a railroad or a sandbox or a module or a one-shot or whatever. They just want to talk in some funny voices, kill a couple orcs, and tell some fart jokes for the most part, you know. Um, so that was a big learning experience for me because, you know, the guy had a very direct thing he was trying to have happen. And so we got asked a lot of questions like, so do you guys, uh, I mean, do you guys investigate the sound? And we're like, yeah, we investigate the sound. And he's like, okay, cool. So this happens now. Blah, blah, blah. What a- <laughs> so do you guys oh, no. fight the bad guy? And it's like, sure. You know, Phil kept trying to steal from everybody, which like is not a problem in my game. Um, but the GM kind of kept being confused. Like, but don't you want to go do X? Now, I think that's a younger GM problem. I think he just hasn't been GMing that long or he's been GMing a certain style. And I think it takes a while or you have to play under somebody who does it totally different than you to realize, like, no, the magic of this is really that you can go anywhere and do anything you want. That's why people yeah. play like uh, Grand Theft Auto is is just that the freedom. Sandbox. The yeah. sandbox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, so could I think Alan, the way you do we could do oh, just yeah. a whole nother one about pro tips. Like, for instance... There's definitely a lot on how to be a good GM and the different types of ways you can GM, but there's also a lot of pro tips on what makes a good player and a bad player too. And one of those is the yes and rule if you're mm. a player uh, and respecting your GM. I mean, we should, yeah, we should dedicate either an entire podcast to this or at least an episode or two. I'm excited. So much creativity in this group, guys. We can have so much fun. <laughs> well, Alan, I'm going to 
toss it over to you to sell us on one of the four games you have played, and then we'll wrap up. You guys, come on. You know I played a lot more than four games. I just started <laughs> limiting the list so you guys wouldn't feel so intimidated. Uh, patchwork, two-player game, Orleans, more XCOM. Already did an elevator pitch for that in the past, so I know I'm not in danger of that. And Dark Stories from Z-Man Games are my selections for this week. So I guess only three selections, Patchwork, Orleans, and Dark Stories. We shouldn't pitch Dark Stories. I think we should just do one on the air, like on an episode. How about we do one right now, Sean? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So Dark Stories is by Z-Man Games, and it's pretty clever on their stats that they have for it because it says it's for our two or more players. It doesn't give a, a number. 13 of age and older. And here's the hilarious thing. The time is two minutes to 222 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, this is the way I've known them as astronaut questions. And I was actually raised on these by my father. The little interaction my father actually did have with me when he wasn't kicking my ass or putting me down was he would actually play astronaut questions with us. And it's where you get some vague situation and you guys have to ask yes or no questions to find out the entire story. So in this way, you guys are helping figure out the story with limited information. Are you gentlemen ready to play Dark Stories? Yeah, let's do it. This Dark Story is entitled Thanks. And remember, the object of the game is you can ask only yes or no questions. Here is Thanks. A woman walks into a bar and orders a glass of water. The man behind the counter grabs a gun and points it directly at her. The woman thanks the man and leaves. Have you guys already heard this one? No. I don't think so. Ask away, but make it quick, gents. Because you're going to have like three minutes for this one before we Is end. she in a trench coat? Not important. That's not a uh... yes or no. You asked yes she, or no questions. She, she, I don't have to say yes or oh, no. Okay, SBK. okay, okay. Got All right, you fair enough. No question. Is she robbing the place? No. Is money involved? No. Is she with somebody? No. Does she know the bartender? No. Hmm. Is she Burnett? Not important. Does she... Is there something wrong with her? Yes. Is it physical? Yes. Is it a sickness? No. <laughs> is it a long-term problem? No. Is her physical issue what's causing her to be in the bar? Yes. Our Does... listeners are freaking out right now. Well, alcohol fix No. <laughs> Did she pick the bar specifically to fix this problem? Like, did she know, like, going into a bar is going to fix me or whatever? Yes. Did she drink the water? No. Did she, mm. did she have the hiccups? Yeah, SBJ gets it! So tell us the story, SBJ. What happened? Uh, I, I, the, the only thing that went through my head is that she was she went to the bar to say that she had the hiccups 
and that she wanted a glass of water, but instead the bartender pointed a gun to scare the hiccups out of her. But That's could... it, man. Not that bad. It? That's it. Yeah, you nailed like this it. Game. <laughs> and that is Dark Stories. It's so good for road trips. Or a year ago or two years ago, we walked around Gen Con with a bunch of guys. Um, on like the last night, we just told a bunch of those for like an hour and a half. We were so tired. We wanted I to. I think it was more than that. Yeah. It, it's funny because through the entire convention, there was a couple that stumped some people. So it would just be random. It would be the next day. We're talking like 14 hours later. And someone would say, was the guy a midget? <laughs> I'd say, hey, first of all, that's politically incorrect. Second of all, no. <laughs> well, I guess that's where we wrap up. Wait, so yeah. Dark Stories is a game you can buy, though, because you said it's made by Z-Man Games. Yeah, it's all it is, it's a box of these cards. And Dark Stories, the first one, comes with 50 Twisted Tales. I've heard through the grapevine that Dark Stories 2 is the gold mine. Like, that's the version that has the best ones. Nice. But this Thanks one was one of the first five cards. It does require that someone reads them in advance. So I had heard the Thanks before. So I was like, oh, I'll use this one. Oh, so okay. if you come on over, Sean, you can start reading some. We can go back and forth with these babies. Let's do it. Cool, Bring them cool. to the cons. Yeah. Well, Alan, if they want to find you at the cons or the internet, where can they find you? Well, I'm incredibly lonely, as everyone can probably tell. Desperate for friends. So I re <laughs> accept any friend request on Facebook. My name is Alan Gerding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R-D-I-N-G. And I'm on the tweets as well, at Alan Gerding. And Sean? I'm on Twitter at at S-E-A-N-M-C-C-O-Y. Awesome. If you have any feedback or you want to follow the podcast, you can do so at PlayTKG on Twitter. Or you can shoot an email to us at podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. If you want to follow okay. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at Dragging a Lake. And otherwise, I believe this episode is... Finished!